A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle. I'm Scarlett Russell, and on this podcast, I'm chatting to inspiring female founders who have turned their side hustle into thriving careers. In this episode, the last of the series, I'm chatting to Joanna Payne, founder and director of Marguerite, the first members club for women in the arts. So I'm here with Joanna Payne, founder and director of Marguerite, the first members club for women in the arts. Joanna, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So Joanna, so excited for you to be here because it's really interesting side hustle what you've got in Marguerite. There's not really anything like it. Just start by telling us what actually Marguerite is, what it does and your role in that. Sure. So Marguerite is a network for women and non-binary people who work in the arts. That's really broad. So it's across art, design, fashion, photography and architecture. And basically we now host 36 events a year um, and they're all hosted by the likes of directors of museums like the director of the Tate, Maria Balshaw, director of the National Portrait Gallery, Nicholas Cullinan. We've had lots of photographers like Rankin, Juno Calypso, Nick Knight, wow. um, amazing artists like Annie Morris, Idris Khan, and lots of fashion designers as well. So people like Roxander and Dame Zandra Rhodes. And basically the kind of whole point of these events is that they are networking events that are providing really fun spaces for women and non-binary people to come make friends, share their experiences and build their careers in the arts. And your background is in art. So tell me a little bit about your career trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> Great um, word. So I started off um, by doing history of art at Nottingham Uni. Uh, graduated from there and did an internship at Whitechapel Gallery. And then went on to Freeze Art Fair, where I was for quite a long time. Uh, and then on to Photo London, which is a photography fair, um, before setting up Marguerite. What, were your, what was your job? Oh, sorry. So my job... Um, <laughs> When I was at Whitechapel, I was in the development team, um, which is essentially fundraising. And then at Freeze and Photo London, I was doing VIP relations, which is, uh, I can see the look on your face, what is that? (laughs) Um, Which is looking after all of the big museum directors, curators, artists who are coming into town for whichever fair it is. So it will be kind of putting on really special events for them to want to come to the city that you're in uh, and just generally looking after them when they're there. It's so interesting because actually art is such a huge industry but I don't think I would know a lot of what 
the jobs are available. Mm, oh my you God, know, no. Apart from buy, the big ones, you know, like a buyer, curator. Absolutely. So when I first graduated, everyone would say to me, so are you going to be a curator? Are you going to set up your own gallery? And I was like, oh God, no, that's not what I want to do at all. But actually you know, took me a while because I didn't learn about any of this at uni. It took me a while to realise what jobs were even out there. Um, and I went for my interview at Freeze, which was my first kind of long-term proper job. And, and Freeze is the, big, the very prestigious art fair. Very prestigious, yes. exactly. Um, so I went for the interview there and that was literally just for a temp job to work at the fair for the week. Uh, and they were kind of running through the different roles there and afterwards they said, well, which one would you like to do? Uh, and I expressed an interest in VIP relations and I was really lucky because they actually asked me to then come in and work in the office in the lead up to the fair. And so then I was kind of in there with the core team. And so when the fair grew from one fair to three, uh, I was kind of the person that they first thought of. So I was quite fortunate in that respect. And what were your impressions of the art world? <gasps> oh my gosh. Is it very male dominated? It, well, so it's male dominated at the top, but actually a lot of the more junior members of staff um, are female. Yeah. So it's quite similar, I guess, to maybe fashion mm. or something like that. Um, but yeah, I just kind of thought it was this huge thing that I didn't understand to be honest. I remember going to Freeze for the very first time when I was interning for Whitechapel because someone really sweetly gave me a private view invitation and just thinking it was the most amazing thing in the whole entire world. Wow. Um, and after that being like, oh my God, I have to work here. How can I get in? Um, and fortunately, because they do take on and they you know, obviously still do it now, they do four fairs and so they're always taking on temp staff to work that kind of week. So there is actually an opportunity for you to get a real sense of what it's like. And how long were you working at Freeze? I was there for nearly five years. So you were there for nearly five years. And then in 2015, yes. Mar Marguerite was born. Yes, exactly. How? Tell me. How? <laughs> so it all began because when I was still at Freeze, I remember I had a good friend there at the time who was a boy or a man, I should say. And he, I basically found out that he was being paid much more than I was. And he was either at the same level or a bit junior to me. And I remember being really outraged by that. Um, quite but right. then, quite right too, exactly. But then when I asked him why he was paid more than I was, he kind of just said, well, I just asked for it. That's what I asked for when I came in. I remember thinking, oh my God, that's so obvious. Um, but what I was really finding was that, you know, definitely myself and a lot of my friends who were women just maybe didn't have the confidence to actually ask for those kind of pay rises and things that they wanted. Um, and so that was kind of one thing that was in my mind. And when I was leaving Freeze and then going on to another art fair, um, I was going for the interview the next day and my dad called me the night before and he was like, how's it all going, the prep and everything? And he said, how much are you going to ask for? And I was like, mm, you know, whatever figure it was. And he was like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. You're going to ask for 10 grand more. Ooh. because he's from a kind of IT software background and he's always said to me, oh, you, you shouldn't be working in the art world, you should be doing IT. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, that's so, so boring. Um, and so he made me like, role play with him on the phone to, do, to ask for more money, uh, which I then did the next day and I got it. What, what, was were, like, you, what were you saying? What, how do you he was pretending money? to be my boss right. and he because obviously they always say to you, you know how much are you on currently and he was kind of like don't answer that question just say this is what I'm expecting from this role and that's actually quite good because yeah. you don't then have to answer the question and say oh I'm on 22 grand or whatever it is you just say you know given my experience this is what I expect and they just said okay 
And I was like, oh my gosh. And so then I thought, I want to be doing this for more people. I want people to know about this kind of secret that you just have to ask. Um, and where and so, were you, So Where was this job? So that was at Photo London. Photo London, which is a photography okay. photography fair, yeah. Uh, so you've got the job there and got you're the job happy there. there, but you're yeah. thinking on the exactly. side. Well, not really even thinking on the side. So I just kind of thought it would be fun, to be honest, to do this really casual thing in someone's living room every other month where all of the amazing women I knew across the industry could get together and kind of hang out. Um, and I knew that if I brought them all together, then they would have this increased sense of confidence and would have this ready-made support network. Because I think I was so lucky at Freeze because I, when I was working there, had the opportunity to meet so many people across the industry, from artists to people working in museums to galleries. And not everyone had that amazing opportunity. And so I literally just wanted to bring all of my friends together and be like, here they all are, meet each other, they're all brilliant. Um, and so that was all it was supposed to be. A kind of thing in someone's living room and that all went a bit downhill immediately Why? Um, because my friend supposed to be taking the second one cancelled right at the last minute oh. so I was like oh god I sent this email to everyone saying oh we're starting this new thing and the first one had gone well and the first flat. one was amazing how and many people were there like 40 people came wow it was amazing because we had all women. All, of them, all women. Um, so all of my friends were there. And then some of them bought friends. And I was living up in Archway at the time. And I thought, oh, God, no one's going to come because, you know, you had to get off the train and then there was a 15-minute walk and it was a rainy Thursday night or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so she cancelled on me. And then I had to think really quickly about where else we could do it. And rather than kind of imposing on someone and, you know, forcing my way into their living room, I just thought you know, I'll ask this five-star hotel that I'm in contact with through work whether they would host us. And they really sweetly did so. But it was so rubbish um, because obviously the hotel was divine, really, really nice. Uh, but everyone just kind of stood around awkwardly like they would do at a normal networking event. I don't know if you've been, had to go to any through work. Bit cringe. Oh God, they're awful. Um, and so everyone's... <laughs> no, my, my ones are great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are, but they at the can, time, they're really good. They can be difficult because not everyone is a social, is a natural social networker. Absolutely. It can be a little bit awkward. Yeah, right. totally, yeah. totally. So everyone's standing around awkwardly. The wine was naturally really expensive. And so people kind of just stayed for one or two and then left. And I thought the next day, oh, God, that's really not what I want to be doing. Because, you know, the one in my house was really chilled. Everyone just bought a bottle of Prosecco and everyone just felt really comfortable because they were in someone's house. Um, so then I was thinking and I was kind of drawing on my experience at Freeze and Photo London, where I had been organising these amazing events for collectors and that sort of thing. And I thought, really, the key is that there's content. So there's actually a reason that you can stand there and you know, be like, oh, this is really cool or this is rubbish to the person who's standing next to you who you've never met before. So I then thought, why don't we always have an artist or a museum director or whatever it might be hosting the event? And then that adds a whole other layer, obviously, because then there's a reason for people to want to come other than just, I want to meet some new people. So the next one we did was with Assemble, who are an artist-architect collective and they at the time were nominated for the Turner Prize and I only knew them because one of my friends at the time knew them and I met him, one of the guys at a party and I basically just badgered him until he finally was like oh fine fine you can come and see our studio um, and that one was really really popular lots of people came and I thought this is it this is what I've got to be doing um, and then I think the one after that 
was the real game changer because that one was hosted by Rankin who's wow. obviously I know it's like when I think back to it now I'm like it's mental um, so your fourth event the fourth month you were doing yeah. it you managed to get Rankin yeah. to host it because I knew him through work and he was doing events for me through work and then I just mentioned that I'd started this thing and he was like oh do you want I could host one and I was like oh oh I mean yeah that would be amazing and so he had 40 people in his studio he took an individual portrait of every single person who came which that's that's crazy I mean if just for anyone who doesn't know, Rankin is a major fashion photographer. He's photographed everyone from the Queen to Adele. Exactly. And so if you think of how expensive that would be to have your portrait taken by Rankin if you were just paying for it. And so these women were just coming for free and, you know, having some lovely champagne, having canapes and then having their portrait taken by Rankin. And so that was brilliant because obviously then everyone was posting this gorgeous photo of themselves on Instagram because you know he'd done full hair and makeup everyone came out looking amazing apart from me annoyingly um my photo was rubbish but um everyone looked amazing and so that was a real moment because then everyone suddenly is like what's this thing why didn't I go to that last night wow um, and this was on your Instagram you just posted so that, it was people posting on yeah, their so Instagram, at the time sorry, that right. was on my personal Instagram mm-hmm. because we weren't even called Marguerite at that time mm-hmm. we were called something really pathetic like girls in the arts or nothing really mm-hmm. very official um and so everyone was posting this thing everyone was like what is what is this and so it was starting to go quite well and then I was like hmm interesting you know I'm, I wasn't that happy by that point in my role at work right and so I was thinking you know I, I need to look at other options and I was thinking well this marguerite thing is going quite well maybe I could make it an actual thing maybe it could be my actual job right so it You've got these amazing ambassadors like Rankin, you know, people, mm. that's a big draw. But also women are coming, and it is just for women. Yeah. Women are coming away able to have gained some contacts and net, general networking and experience mm. and building confidence. There's so much they're getting from this. And you realise that you can take this forward. Tell me about how the launch actually happened. What goes into a launch? What were you then thinking about? Yeah. So to be completely honest, I, so I quit my job. And the next day I went to Glastonbury <laughs> and I started getting all these texts and it was, it wasn't even that long ago, but it was when we didn't used to take our actual phones. So you'd have this kind of rubbish burner phone. And I was getting this, these texts through about the fact that there was another group starting at the same time that was vaguely similar. And it was all kind of hearsay. And so no one had any details and I was panicking because I didn't have any signal and, you know, couldn't tell what was going on. And, you know, I heard that they had a lot more money than I did. And because I had no money I was really naive I kind of just thought oh you know I've got a bit of a bit of money here a savings I can use that for the next few months while I'm setting it up um but I had nothing essentially and so yeah I heard that they had lots of money and that they were launching around November time so I was like okay I need to launch around then as well and so I thought if I launch on I think we ended up doing it on the 2nd, but my plan was to do it on the 1st of November, then at least it will be around the same time as then. So there's a real buzz. Um, I later learned that they're actually completely different and I had nothing to worry about. Right. You know, we've got really different target audiences and we're doing a really different thing. Um, but it really scared me at the time. So Actually, it, sound, it probably worked in your advantage. Oh it gave my you God, a totally. You, you I think, think you sometimes need that. Yeah, mm-hmm. some competition is really healthy. And so for the launch event, we, we did it at 180 The Strand. Um, they've got an amazing space that overlooks London. It's absolutely beautiful. And we did an event there with Holly Blakey, who's a really amazing choreographer and artist. And she choreographs for Florence and the Machine. Um, and she's done a lot with 
lots of other really cool brands and really cool people. And so she really amazingly said, I would love to have, I think it was like five maybe of her dancers do this rendition of a piece that she'd already choreographed for this event. So we had this beautiful space, this amazing piece of performance art, dance. Um, We had drink sponsors. We had, I think, 250 people came. And so suddenly there was this thing that, again, you know, you've got all these peaks that everyone was talking about. And so I'd obviously organised a lot of events through work and that sort of thing. Um, So just use that experience to do that. But yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, It was one of the most stressful things I've ever done. Why? Um, What was stressful about it? Just everything. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Pressure, I guess. Pressure, yeah. I mean, I had lots of people involved at that time. So I had a lot of friends who were really sweetly kind of trying to help. But then, you know, I remember one person invited something like 50 people. And I was like, well, we've only got a guest list of 250. And so we really can't do that. And so that was awkward with friends who were just trying to help. Um, And then with the venue, there were a lot of restrictions, obviously. And because we had dancers in who wanted to do things in a certain way, in a certain place, there were lots of things around that. Um, And also the money. So the money was a really big issue. So I knew that that was going to cost me five grand. Right. In order um, to hire out the space and so they were, alcohol and yeah, all of that. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I think they gave me the space for free. Because you're not charging people at the moment. No, right, exactly. Okay. So I think they were giving me the space for free and they were, we got drink sponsors, but there were still some charges for security and all of that sort of thing. We had to pay the dancers. Um, and so I was like, hmm, what are we going to do here? And I remember calling my dad and he was like, can't you just get a loan? And I was like, 
no, I don't think I can get a loan. I went into the bank and they, because I kind of thought, oh, maybe they'll give me one. I went into the bank and they were just like, no. Why? Because I guess I just started. Mm. I had nothing behind me. Um, and so they weren't about to give me five or ten grand, basically, um, for me to throw a party, which is essentially what I was saying. And I think in the bank they were literally like, oh, God, this is a joke. Um, and it really stumped me. And I kind of didn't know what to do. And... And you really, had no savings and I had at this no, point. Well, I had like a little bit of my own money. And so it was a real struggle. And so I remember after the event, because obviously the invoice kind of comes in a little bit afterwards and really trying to have to kind of fiddle, not fiddle the books, but like make it work. Um, because eventually people did start joining as members. And so then the money started coming in. So I kind of used an amalgamation of my money and the money that was coming in from memberships. Did you have to borrow money from any friends and or family? I think my dad gave me like £500 or something mm-hmm. like that because at the end of that year, because that was in November, at the end of that year, I was so poor. I couldn't... Aff- I remember looking at the cupboard because I couldn't afford any food. I remember looking at the cupboard and being like, huh, what can I make from what's right here? Um, and so it was really difficult. And when you say application, so people applied beyond, how exactly. did you work out... A, how much to charge them, mm. and B, how the application process would work. work. Yeah. yeah. So charging, I actually can't remember how much it was right at the beginning. It was quite a, a nominal amount, to be honest, because people have been coming for free for some time. And so we kind of wanted to keep it quite low. Also, people who work in the arts aren't paid that well. So you can't go in and charge you know, 10 grand or whatever it is. So they were quite low at the time. Um, And I think I just did that asking friends, you know, asking what they would be comfortable with paying for this type of membership. And then the application process is just, I guess, through seeing other people's, you know, even things like you can look at Shoreditch House or whatever it is online and just see that, you know, they obviously ask the obvious questions like, what's your name, address? Um, And then we wanted to know how they'd heard of us. We wanted to know what they were doing with their careers and also just why they wanted to be a member of Marguerite. And so it was just doing that really, quite simple. That is absolutely fantastic. How many members do you have now? So we have 300 members at the moment. Wow. And in what, basically three years? Yeah, just under. Just under three years. How did it develop Mm. and grow? So we were really lucky, I guess, because it is a, a network. So we started off by having friends, friends of friends, involved and they were coming to these events for free and so it's not exactly a hard sell do you want to come to Rankin have your photo taken for free um, so people are kind of already on board and then people are happy to start paying because they understand that you know it needs to be paid for um, and then in terms of growth it was all through Instagram I came it wouldn't exist without Instagram Marguerite would not exist Interesting. Um, all through word of mouth right. friends of friends you know we haven't done any paid advertising at all we've done I haven't got a PR team or anything, but we have been very fortunate in that we've had lots of amazing press, um, but that's all just been totally organic. So people often read about things in Harper's Bazaar or the Sunday Times or whatever it is and get in touch for that reason. So, I think. And you say we, so is it just you now or do you have people? So I have uh, one member of staff, oh. um, lovely Taryn, who's amazing. Um, and she started with me last August. What does she do? And she does, so she's the Membership and Events Coordinator is her title. Nice. Um, and so she, does, she helps me so much with all of the membership queries and applications and everything we get and all of the nitty gritty of actually organising the events Uh, and then we have a huge number of freelancers obviously so we have an amazing design team um, who I was actually so fortunate 
to kind of get on board because they were the design team at Freeze and because they were such amazing friends at the beginning they kind of said you know we'll charge you a really nominal fee at the moment until you start making money and so they did my whole brand identity for a really small small amount which has made a huge difference Um, and now obviously I pay them you know the going rate um but got them got a photographer got you know got a huge number of people who are involved and this is your only source of income now it is yes and for taryn as well does she do something on the side so she's with me for three days a week so she has another job for the other two at the moment but that's amazing you've you know in less than three years you've gotten to a point where you can make a profit you can Mm. bring people on yeah how do you go about the kind of nitty-gritty of becoming a legitimate trademark business Ooh, and like well, how does all that work god it's so have a clue. boring it's um boring it's but also, essential it's right essential, like if yeah. you're starting your business you and need to know the stuff really so for someone like me who just isn't interested in forms and actually reading things thoroughly um that was difficult but yeah you know you can actually really easily do it online just type in set up your own limited company or whatever it is and all of the information is there um it's actually not that many forms the only thing I did used to have sleepless nights over was the accounts because obviously we've got lots and lots of different members money coming in um I'm really bad at maths like really 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 bad I really struggle with it I get mixed up with numbers all the time and so that used to really scare me because I was like you can go to jail if you get this wrong (laughs) or they can come and take your stuff you know they can come to your house and take your stuff and um Eventually, one of my friends was just like, Joe, just get an accountant. Just pay someone mm. to do it. And so then you don't have to worry about this. Right, um, right. And again, didn't really know where to start. Just typed in accountant London. And I think someone had told me that if you do it slightly outside of London, they're less expensive. And I found this amazing woman named Jackie. She mentioned on her website that she really liked dogs. And I really like dogs. <laughs> and so I was like, sounds like a nice lady. That was it. And so it was actually quite an easy process. Okay. Um, but yeah. That was really important to me. You've done so much with Marguerite. It's so impressive. But what are the downsides of having your own business? And are there any mistakes you've made that you perhaps do again differently, if you could? There are so many challenges. Um, I think it's really difficult not to take things personally. Um, I mentioned before that obviously you get so many rejections. Sometimes you can just think, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then other times, you know, if you lose a big cash sponsor, for example, that can really, really hurt you personally. Whereas if you worked for a big company, you might just kind of think, oh, well, but that could really damage, you know, whether you're going to get any money this month kind of thing if it's just you. So that's really difficult. Um, And that kind of plays into the challenges with money when you're first starting out you know, you've got no money at all. Um, and that's that can be really difficult when, you know, I was kind of 27 at this time. So a lot of my friends already had quite senior positions at work. They were doing really well. And I'm going back to the point where I'm like, I can't go out for dinner. I can't go out for drinks with you guys. Um, and most people were amazing and were really understanding and were kind of, you know, oh, we'll just do something at someone's house then or whatever. But that is really difficult. Um, yeah, there's it's a day-to-day challenge, I would say. And you give back as well. You work with some charities, is that That's right? right? Tell yeah. me about that. So we work with Women for Women International, and they're an amazing charity who help female survivors of war to re- rebuild their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they put women through this amazing program where they teach them things like how to make their own money so that they're not relying on their husbands or their brothers to, to live. Um, but also things like, you know, you should go to the loo after you have sex, otherwise you'll get cystitis. So things that we might think are really obvious, you know, if you haven't been told, there's no way that you could know. So they're really changing lives. So we've done a number of things with them. We had a summer party a couple of years ago and raised eight grand for them, which we were really happy with. Um, we do their She Inspires Me car boot sale every year. So that, if you haven't heard of it, is an amazing car boot sale in Brewer Street car park that they do every year with lots of amazing people like Alice Templey and Charlotte Olympia, where you can buy things at like a tenth of their usual retail price. So people go crazy for it. Um, so Marguerite always has a stand there where we obviously don't have our own brand, so we don't have our own clothes, but people really kindly donate lots of amazing stuff um, for us to sell um, and then their director Britta is an incredible woman um, and the most amazing speaker so we've had her speak for us a few times. Wow tell me a little bit about your day tips it's, it sounds very busy you've got a lot going mm. on are you super organized do you have no. to be no you're not really no, I don't think I am I mean I think the good thing is when it's your own thing is this a good thing? Um, it's always on your mind. And so I don't really ever forget to do things because it's just, you know, there's no way that you could because it's just you. It's kind of part of you. Um, I do occasionally make lists, but it's not like it's something that I do every day, to be honest. Yeah. That is very interesting. Okay. Do you work from home or do you have an office that you rent? No. So we, neither. So we're kind of in between at the moment so we have been working from a private members club who have really kindly given me an ambassadorship um, but now that our team is growing we're looking for somewhere else um, it's one of those things I was told right at the beginning not to take on a physical space or anything any kind of overheads that I didn't essentially need until I was really in the position to have one um, because it's just you know most small companies fail because of cash flow issues so if you can't make your rent next month then that's all you know you're probably in a contract and you probably need to make it and so then that means that the company might fail so that's great advice yeah, yeah it makes such a difference and it's one of those things I would love to have my own studio um and I kind of we can really picture it you know oh, we can make it look beautiful um but it's just not an intelligent thing to do at the moment until we're really really struggling right office space aside what mm. are your plans for Marguerite what are your five-year plan two-year plan oh, I don't steps. have a five-year plan <laughs> my dad always says I need to do this um to be completely honest I did think that I really wanted to expand to New York and that's why we did that first event there um but actually that's not the right thing to do yet I would have to have someone on the ground who I really trusted to just kind of do exactly what what is my vision I suppose um so at the moment we're just looking at increasing uh, membership in London, doing bigger and better events um, and also doing things outside of London as well and involving people. As I mentioned earlier, we've just launched this new membership type which is people who can't make our events. So doing more that can involve other people who can't come um, who are living outside of London. Fantastic. Joanna, seeing as Benefit are our sponsors and their latest campaign is all about female empowerment and you are an empowered female, <laughs> I would love to know about a mentor you've got, someone who has really been there for you in your career and was instrumental in setting up Marguerite. Tell Absolutely. me who that is. So there have been so many people who've supported me along the way. When I first started out, there were so many things I didn't know how to do. You know, I had my best friend setting up a big spreadsheet for me to keep <laughs> all of the membership 
um, banking details all together and I had people blowing up helium balloons for me and, you know, packing tote bags and doing health and safety forms and all of that sort of thing. But I guess the main person has to be my dad. Um, he set up his own company when I was very young. He was made redundant from his company and so then was like, oh God, what do I do now? So set up a company from our house. So I guess that's always kind of been in my mind that that's something that you can do. Mm. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, you know, he did give me that kind of really motivational talk mm. um, when I was just starting that new job. And then, you know, ever since has been a huge support in giving amazing advice um, and just always being there. What's his name? Mike. Mike. Hi, Mike. So, hi, Mike. <laughs> so he's, he'll give you, your, he's still someone that you'll turn to Absolutely. for advice and he's always yeah. great at giving advice. He's very advice. proud, which can be very embarrassing at times when he has new people at the dinner table and he kind of gets out various <laughs> articles and things, which is deeply embarrassing. Um, but yeah, no, he's amazing. Wow, that's lovely. What she said is a column we have in style every week. We've been doing it for about a year and we ask women in business, big, high-powered women, directors and CEOs to tackle a workplace dilemma. And we have so many fantastic questions that readers send in. And actually, Joanna, I would love to ask you one of them. Tackle one of these workplace <laughs> dilemmas. You have such great advice. Sure. You mentioned that you had left your job. You weren't really happy with your job when you went yeah. to um, full-time for Marguerite. And I'm really interested in how we've we've been sent in this question as well and how do you have the conversation with your boss that you want to leave Mm. how do you know when it's time to move on and how could you differentiate between having just a few bad days and then being unhappy in your job absolutely I mean I guess just don't be too hasty if it's just been as you say a couple of days or a bad couple of weeks you know everyone goes through those ups and downs um for me it hadn't been right for me for quite a long time um maybe three or so months. Um, and so I kind of knew that I had to do something about it. I think just try and be as kind of professional as you can. Ask them to go for a coffee or, you know, whether you can grab a few minutes with them in their office, maybe even put it in their diary. That almost gives them the opportunity to kind of maybe even realise what might be happening, especially if you've been there for a while and they've realised there hasn't been much growth or whatever it might be. And just sit down with them and just explain, you know, why you feel like it's time to move on um and I've done it a couple of times and I've been so nervous for for both of them but actually they've you know taken it really really well and they've understood um why I'm leaving um and then of course you just need to follow it up with a formal mm-hmm. letter but yeah it's just the one-on-one just honest conversation I think is really important that is so fantastic really succinct and really interesting now it's time for my favorite round quick fire questions Number one, when are you most productive? At about 11am. That's my good time. So actually, kind of right now when we're recording is a good time for me. Um, Yeah, in the morning, definitely. By the kind of mid-afternoon, I kind of stop and I just need to have a new day. Start all over again. Are you a morning person or a night person? I am not. I don't wake up that early. I always used to think that... um, you know, you read these things saying, oh, if you're a businesswoman, a successful businesswoman, you wake up at 5am and you go to yoga and you do this that, and the other. I've tried that. All that happens is that by three o'clock, you feel like you're about to die. Um, so, yeah, I wake up at kind of between 7.30 and 8, to be honest, every morning. But then I'm totally on it. Are you a list person? And if so, what's on your list at the um, moment? Occasionally, I should be a list person. It would be much more organised of me if I was. Um it's often to do with an event that's coming up. So it might be 
the next day or the next week's event and just the little nitty gritty things that you might just forget. Google Calendar or handwritten diary? Google Calendar, always. And what is your go-to stress fix? Uh, I obviously go into the pub with my friends, but I love going to exercise classes. Um, so I try and go as much as I can and I can really tell when I haven't been because I start getting much more anxious and worried about things. I'm like, I just need to run or jump or whatever it might be. Fantastic. <laughs> Lastly, Joanna, what is your takeaway advice if there's anyone listening to this who really wants to start their own side hustle they've got Mm. an idea what would you say is your one takeaway you want people to take away from this your one piece of advice that you think is really going to be key um i would say just ask for what you want um so you know meet as many people as you can just ask them for help it's amazing how many people want to help you um and i think so many people are scared of doing that and kind of don't understand how to do that but it's really simple just say hey, this is me, this is what I'm up to. I would really love to pick your brains or ask for your help. Fantastic, Joanna. Thank you so much for coming in. There's loads of advice there. And I love hearing about Marguerite. And I really, and how to actually, Hess, how can people find out more? Is there a website or Instagram? Exactly. So it's marguerite.london.com and then marguerite.london on Instagram as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much again, Joanna. Lovely speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another useful, honest and inspiring episode. Thank you all very much for listening. And of course, please subscribe, share and rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify or wherever you indulge your podcast habit. I've been Scarlett Russell and this has been Secrets of the Side Hustle, brought to you by Benefit Cosmetics UK. We'll talk to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 